Hi, I'm down here in the St. Mary's Library today doing a little bit of research. Did you know that we have a library at St. Mary's? It's tucked away in the corner by the alley entrance. In here we have mostly books, um, though we do have a small audiovisual collection. In other books we have fiction and nonfiction. We have books for children and adults. We have books in English and in Spanish. And of the, uh, of the books, they're all religious, or at the very least, religious adjacent, you could say. And of the nonfiction books, we have books on religion in general, books on uh, church history and theology and scripture, which is why I'm down here today to look up a few things for the sermon. And before we get into that sermon, we should probably say a brief word of prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, who loves us more than we can ask for or imagine, fill me with your wisdom and help me to share your wisdom with your people. And in any way in which I fail in that task, in any way in which I get in the way of that task, I pray that your Holy Spirit may come to those who listen so that they still may hear the word that they need heard this day. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. So scripture, that's where we were. So um, I'm down here doing a little research on scripture because of that collect, that beautiful collect that we heard today. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scripture to be written for our learning. Scripture is critically important in our faith tradition in the Episcopal Church. Some people like to think of us, we actually often like to think of ourselves, as the prayer book church. And there's a lot of truth in that. The prayer book, the Book of Common Prayer, is critical to our identity. And the whole concept of the Book of Common Prayer and what it stands for is critical to our identity. And yet we need to keep in mind that the prayer book itself is grounded in Scripture. Something like 80% of the prayer book is either a direct quotation or a paraphrase of the Holy Scriptures. And so when we use it, we are engaging with Scripture. And when we pray in the forms of the prayer book, not only do the prayers themselves have a rooting and grounding in Scripture, but they send us deeper into the Scripture through the lessons. So if you pray the daily office, the morning prayer and evening prayer, um, you will, over the course of two years, pray the entirety of the Bible. You'll read the entirety of the Bible. Um, and uh, with parts of it being um, read multiple times. And if you don't do that, still in the Eucharistic lectionary, with its three-year cycle, you are gaining a lot of scripture, a good breadth of scripture with the three lessons and the psalm. And in the Eucharistic services, in the sermon, in our Episcopal tradition, our sermons nearly always come out of the readings of the day. It's highly unusual in the Episcopal Church to have thematic sermons. It's unusual to have a sermon like this where I'm preaching about some idea in the collect instead of something really kind of really coming out of the scripture readings of the day. It should kind of stand out that I'm not doing that today because it's so common that we do it. So um, our worship life is full of scripture. Now beyond our worship life, 
how it is that we discern things in the Episcopal way, that is also deeply rooted in Scripture. We have that concept of the three-legged stool, the idea that in order to understand anything about faith, anything about God or what God wants us to do in this world, we need to look at that dialogue of Scripture, tradition, and reason, that dialogue of our minds, the voices of our ancestors, and Scripture. Now, there are debates among Episcopalians about kind of are all three of those equal or Scripture have a bigger role? If you look back at Richard Hooker, where the idea comes from, you know, scholars debate about that. But however you look at it, Scripture is critically important. So, since Scripture is so critically important to us as Episcopalians, it's important for us to understand Scripture. But it's also important for us to understand how we understand Scripture. Did you catch that? We not only need to understand Scripture itself, we need to understand how we understand Scripture. And this collect today gives us profound insights into how it is that we understand Scripture as Episcopalians. Let's take a look at the collect again. Grant us so to hear them read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them. Grant us so to hear them. First and foremost, we hear the scriptures read in worship. That is where it all begins. Which reminds us, teaches us, that first of all, scripture is the lifeblood of the church. Whenever we gather together to worship, we put scripture at the center of that. It reminds us that we understand scripture first in the context of the church, and it teaches us that our first engagement with scripture is a communal engagement, not an individual one. We engage it together, and we need to always engage it, continue to engage it together. Read and mark. We're going to lump these two together because there's so much overlap here in what we need to say about it. But reading and marking reminds us that it's not just a communal engagement, but there is an individual component to our engagement. We do need to read and mark the scriptures. And we need to go deep into them to, to, to deeply understand what it is that they are saying. We need to read and mark them. The marking's interesting. If you don't write in your Bible, that's Fine. If you don't write in books, that's fine. But the Bible is not a book that uh, is somehow set apart from other books that needs to be put on a pedestal with its gilded pages never opened. It's okay if you write in books, okay to write in your Bible. You're meant to mark it. You're meant to learn from it so deeply that you make notes in it or you make notes somewhere else. You need to engage it at that level. I had a professor in college when I took my religion requirement who said that if, uh, if you don't um, get a new Bible every five years because you've written it so much, you can't see anything anymore, then you're, you're not reading enough. Might be a bit of hyperbole, but um, the message is loud and clear. You are to engage with it at that really deep level where you can, you can write it. It also reminds us that scripture is a tool. It is something that has a purpose and not just something that gets put on that pedestal. It's not something that we worship. It's not something that we follow. We worship and we follow the God that Scripture points to. 
it is not the God that we follow and we worship. That would be a sin of idolatry. That would be uh, the idolatry of the Bible itself. It is a tool. We read it and we mark it. The next thing is we learn from it. So again, that idea that uh, it's not something that gets its own worship, it gets its own following, but something that is designed to teach us something. And it teaches us about God. And it teaches us about humanity. And it teaches us about how we, as followers of God, are need to engage in this world. Grant us so to hear them. Read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them. When we hear these words, we might kind of uh, think of the book of Ezekiel and hear echoes of that time that God said to Ezekiel, eat this scroll. We're supposed to inwardly digest the scriptures. Now, of course, that's not a literal sense. Don't go kind of chew into that Bible in a literal way and try and, try and eat it like that. It's this, this is a kind of a metaphor. The scripture is not just something of our mind, but it's meant to go deep down inside of us. To go from our mind to our heart, to go into our bones, into our marrow, and to shape our very being. Scripture is meant to give a framework to us for our life. When we think about the idea of inwardly digesting Scripture, it also means that Scripture is meant to nourish us. Just as food gives nourishment to our bodies and gives us life, so Scripture must do the same. It gives nourishment to us and must be life-giving. And however we interpret Scripture, and all Scripture has to be interpreted, there's no idea, there's no, there's no sense of interpretation-free understanding of Scripture. You have to interpret it. And then however you interpret it, it has to be a life-giving interpretation. And if your understanding somehow takes away life from yourself or to someone else, you have to go back and try again. Because Scripture is meant to be life-giving. It's meant to nourish us and this world. And so, my friends in Christ, I encourage you to engage with Scripture, to hear the Scriptures, to read, mark, and learn the Scriptures. And most importantly, to inwardly digest them, to have such a diet of Scripture, whether through our worship together or through individual reading of the Bible, through studying of books about Scripture, but to engage with it in such a way that you are fully inwardly digesting it and allowing the good news to shape your life and allowing it to nourish you to give you life and to give life to this world. Keep going back to it and find the way that it brings life. Amen.